Unix Report, the podcast that covers Unix and overlook pop culture. As always, we thank the introvert for the introductory theme. All audio clips are utilized under fair use. And welcome to the next report, the latest episode where all three of us are here. I'm Thomas. I'm Stephen Kelly. And I'm Stephen Tompkins. The Shaggy Stephen. <laughs> we'll call you the Shagster. How's that? Yeah, that sounds great. I like that. Um, so, last time we talked about retail horror stories and everything else, and Black Friday, but one of those big items that comes out of retail is the release of certain game consoles, and we never really got to it until about, well, this week, because of schedules and what have you, but this week, um, we've had the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, they're now, well, being sold and selling out, but not without their hiccups. Um, in terms of marketing, PR, and actual issues with hardware itself. So, like, what do you guys think? Have Have you seen any any conflicts like this up to this point over consoles, or or is it just now starting to catch on fire in terms of console wars? Oh, it's always been this bad. Like, people might think that it's been... Uh, you know, this is a new phenomenon, but if you look back at, you know, what happened a few years back with the previ- with the seventh generation consoles, it was just as irritating. I, for a while, worked for a video game website, and it was uh, one of the reasons I don't work for that place anymore. It has nothing to do with the website itself, it's the people that read the website and how horrible they were to each other. Like, somebody say, Xbox sucks, and then somebody comes along... Oh yeah, well your mom has a P and and, and what? Well, it was it was it went further than that. You had people that would uh, like fraudulently post. It, it's it's like politics, you know. People, you can equate this to you know Mitt Romney versus Obama. Someone would pick up on a dumb thing. A PR guy would say, make a giant deal out of it to try to like sabotage the other system. Like it got stupid. Like the people were, you know. Everyone has their preferences with gaming systems and everything, but, you know, I tend to not get that well invested in it. I don't pretend like it's a religion like some people do. All hail the church of Microsoft. Yeah, pretty much. But, or, Nintendo is my god and my savior. Well, I mean, you look back at the, like, the 16-bit era, they were just as bad, cause, mainly because Sega took away more aggressive stance with their ads and people bought into it and you had your first you know stupid arguments about which was better the Sega Genesis or the Super Nintendo I remember that even when I was a little kid and how stupid that was well unfortunately that was way before my time oh yeah but I grew up playing on a Super Nintendo and I've also played on a Nintendo uh, or a Sega Genesis and yeah. I I liked the Sega Genesis. The design and everything was really good, but the Super Nintendo was also great. So, I mean, it's, it just depends on your preference. Both of them were great consoles. Yeah, there are pros and cons. I mean, with that, one of the big points was that the uh, Sega games were more edgy. You, you didn't have to have a bunch of, like, uh, um, like they could, Mortal Kombat, for instance, is a good point because it looked the game itself looked way better on the Super Nintendo just because it was a more powerful system 
but you could have the blood and stuff on the Sega, so people were torn whether to play the inferior-looking one versus the one that has all the blood and stuff in it. Oh, I noticed that the Genesis... Wasn't the Genesis first to market here in the U.S. before the SNES came along? Um, you'd have to uh, look that up. I know the Genesis uh, came out in the U.K. Um, under a different name, and I know that uh, like over here, the, the Master System... Um, or no, it was the Mega Drive. I can't remember their original names. One of them, uh, the the one, the the 8-bit Sega system did not do well in America whatsoever, but it, it had a big foothold in Europe, so that eventually kind of went through there. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the, uh, I, I want to say the Genesis did come out before, but I'm not certain on that. Okay. Because um, I, I remember it as a kid, and I was like watching some of the commercials and, and talking about um, sixteen, you know, seeing the sixteen-bit graphics for the first time, and like, wow, this is so cool! And you know, it was like either NES or Sega Genesis, and then Super Nintendo comes along and changes that equation a little bit. And so, and, and I, I'm guessing lack of internet access back then is probably what's what masked most of the um, idiotic forms of rivalry between <laughs> fans of each of the consoles. <laughs> I'd like to say it's due to immaturity, but I'm not sure that that's the entire case, because I know going through school, uh, I remember when the, the original PlayStation came out. Yeah, That's what I got for Christmas, and I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I've been a fan of PlayStation ever since. But um, with the PlayStation, there was also the GameCube and which came out after the PlayStation did, and then a bunch of converts went back to Nintendo again, just like it, it's a back-and-forth kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But um, it, it's just as bad now being a young adult as it was being a kid, except now it's probably a little more vulgar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, I, 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 it reminds me of the commercials I did see as well, you know, when PlayStation first came out, you know, commercials with a guy dressed up in a Crash Bandicoot suit, you know, mocking Mario, hey, plumber boy. <laughs> like, that, that's the easy bet. You can always, because uh, Nintendo, you know, always has that, even though it's hilarious because they have some pretty crazy games on there, but they always get, like, perceived by other companies as a kid's system or family-friendly. You know, going back to some of their censorship they had back in the day, they don't really do that stuff anymore, but it's an easy shot you can take is, let's pretend we're the edgy, you know, we're the Pepsi to their Coke type thing, and it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, what's what's gotten more ridiculous is, you know, I've heard people argue back and forth about which of the two, some of these newer consoles are better. Xbox One, no, PS4, and they actually have similar specifications. There's only a minor bit of difference between the two, hardware-wise. You guys are more into the hardware than I am, but as far as I can tell, the really the only difference is the RAM, for the most part. Uh, one of them has a better... The, the PlayStation has larger amount of RAM, and it's a better type of RAM, as far as I can tell. It's actually the same amount. I, oh, yeah. I drew up a little spec sheet before we came oh, nice. here, but uh, it's, it's only... But um, 
the they both have eight gigs of RAM, but the Xbox has DDR3, which is like your standard computer RAM yeah. nowadays. Uh, it I couldn't find the actual speed, but I, I got a memory bandwidth of 68.3 gigabytes a second for the Xbox, and then for the PS4, it's eight gigs of GDDR5, which is usually used in like uh, computer graphics cards, yeah. high-end computer graphics cards, and the memory bandwidth for that is 176 gigabytes a second. So, the- so theoretically, what we're looking at is a few years down the road when they can really harness the system, you're going to see a big uptick in like how the games look on the PlayStation, most likely. But that's going to be years down the road. Well, and both of these systems were built to support uh, 4K resolutions. Yeah. Um, the Xbox, for sure, they've been pushing that you will be able to play your games at a 4K resolution, providing that you have a 4K display. Yeah. And that's actually like 3840 by 2160. So, uh, for computer people, they'll call it 2160p. But um, for the PS4, however, it was said that they can support 4K videos and pictures and stuff like that, but it's not going to be able to render the games past 1080p at this point. And I'm not sure what that's due to. Um, it's, it's probably something in the software. Well, like to be honest, how many games do we think are going to really see with that hot, super high resolution? Probably not for a few years. Like, it's like the situation with the Xbox and the PS3, the Xbox 360 and the PS3. The PS3, um, if you played a game like Metal Gear Solid 4, for instance, it was on a Blu-ray. Now, it was on a, uh, a dual-density Blu-ray. There was literally no way that they could put that game on the Xbox 360 unless they broke it into at least four CDs, four, <laughs> four discs. So it didn't go on there. So you ended up with this, you know, a lot of, like, first-party games on the PlayStation, for, like uh, a lot of stuff that Naughty Dog does, you can't transcribe over to the other system. So most third-party companies, to avoid that, would would dumb it down to the level of one of the other to the other system. In most cases, it, uh, you know, with the last generation, the PlayStation Three was technically more powerful, but it had a really incredibly hard uh, uh, processing system that people didn't take the time to learn. Basically, the cell system. Well, yeah, it was a it was it was a weird complex processor. It was it was built by IBM. Yeah. Built and designed by IBM, it, what they called it was a seven-core cell processor mm-hmm. with an eighth backup core. It's kind of like the approach that NVIDIA took with their tablet processor, the Tegra series, yeah. where it's a quad-core with a backup core, and the backup core was supposed to run, th- like, when you're, like, just watching videos, browsing the internet, it just runs that one core. But if you're doing some hardcore stuff, like if you were playing a heavy game like Call of Duty or something on your uh, yeah. PS3, all those cores are going to kick in. And it was, I think, there was also something about um, uh, not sequential uh, sequential processing, yeah. so simultaneous processing. So it was, it was uh, serial. That's what the word I'm looking for, serial processing, which it's, it's harder for developers to code that because most of us think sequentially, in order, yeah. instead of ha- having things happen in parallel, which is usually faster in programming. And that's why you had companies like Naughty Dog, like the uh, you know the companies that really take it. You know, you look at a game called The Last of Us, and it's amazing compared to most other games that because they actually went out of their way to do it. And so needless to say, you'd have a, a multi-plat game like uh, Assassin's Creed, and it looks no different basically, aside from maybe some like aliasing or something on the two systems. And I honestly think that you know 
whenever you have any differences between the two consoles, it's going to be completely marginal except for first-party games. Yeah, like, you know, looking at the specs for these two systems, it has the same amount of storage, and it has virtually the same processor. Yeah, the AMD. The, the, that Jaguar processor, and, and the arguments that people would get in over these two consoles quite frankly, just stupid. Like, oh. Yeah, realistically, um, the two consoles are so similar that, that what you honestly have to do when you're arguing about them is not to resort to, oh, you know, this can do... Because you'll see on forums people will start posting a bunch of like PR stuff they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, this can render so-and-so polygons. Okay, you, you don't even understand what you're talking about, kid. Like, <laughs> so... They, uh, you know, what people really need to look at, with, especially with these two consoles, is you've got your uh, your multimedia system with the Xbox One, with the uh, new control system of using the Kinect, where you you know move your hands around to navigate the menu, versus a more traditional uh, gaming system that has uh, you know more power to it, but it's nothing crazy, more or less. Well, and another thing you have to look at is um, in terms of uh, the kids not knowing what they're talking about. Uh, along with the specs being very similar, the uh, design that AMD took for this processor is custom-made. And it's a lot like their APUs that they've come out with for their laptops and desktops lately, where it's a combined graphics and CPU all on one chip. Yeah. But this one's a very custom chip, and the RAM is like almost built onto the processor. Yeah. And the graphics are identical. Extremely identical. Literally, the only difference is in the RAM. Yeah. And kids are going to ignore that. And so what theoretically you could do eventually is have games where they load an enormous game world into the into the system and with, with no loading yeah. times and stuff. And that's going to be, I think, out of anything. Because honestly, the graphics for really high-end PS3 games and PS4 games look almost the same. Because there comes a point where your eye can't really discern it. But I think, you know, the thing that I've been seeing with a lot of trailers for these new system, new games and stuff, the thing that blows me away is the amount of ridiculous... Enormity that the games have, like the 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 trailer for Final Fantasy thir- or fifteen, for instance, and you know most of that might be pre-rendered. You never know, but they always assure you that it isn't. <laughs> Show you know they had a battle where they were fighting up a skyscraper, and you know Final Fantasy games usually like most games would have a small area where you would go through a door and load, and then you go through another door and it load, and so and so. Even though the games might look amazing, there was hardly ever... It was like corridors, basically. All of a sudden, this game is open-ended, and you have this guy, you know, fighting bad guys up a skyscraper, out the outside of a skyscraper. Then he gets to the top, and this might have been a different scene, but he jumps off onto a like an aircraft flying by, and you're just like, holy crap! You know, it looks insane compared to games nowadays. And I think that's the kind of big change we're going to have as opposed... Because if you look at... Like, I, I have a PS3, and you play Resistance Fall of Man. I don't know if either of you have played that. I haven't. You, you play that in comparison to, like, a, a modern Call of Duty game, and Resistance Fall of Man feels old. Like, it feels like you're playing Medal of Honor for the PlayStation 2 because there's invisible walls everywhere. Like, you know, you, you see a fence or something. New games, you jump over the fence. This game, nope, there's a wall there. Um, it's very much corridor-based. If it wasn't outside, you would honestly think you were probably playing, like, a Duke Nukem game or something for how much these games have changed since then. And 
Bethesda is probably one of the companies that have really pioneered the uh, open-ended games. Because if you play a game like uh, Skyrim or uh, Most Oblivion definitely. or Fallout, I'm a big Fallout fan. I've also played uh, Skyrim. But if you go to the edge of the map, like if you go to the very edge of the map, you can keep going. But the farther you go, eventually you're going to end up dying. You fall <laughs> off a cliff or something. You'll fall off a cliff or they'll send some ridiculously powerful enemy at you or you just randomly die. <laughs> but um, there's literally no stopping you up until that point. Huh. And you can just keep going all over the map and it just keeps constantly re-rendering and re-rendering. And if you play it on the PC, you can change it how far it renders and it gets to the point where you really can't tell. And wow. it's I think they're one of the first... Uh, companies that have really tried to pioneer that open-endedness in video games. Like, so we have the... W- these are 8th-gen consoles. Um, they're, they... You know, the, this whole 8th generation started with 3DS from, like, a couple of years ago. They're facing competition from smartphones, tablets, which one of our colleagues owns and had had to fight with just to <laughs> turn the wireless back up. Stranger things have happened, um, to be honest. So it, it's basically what can go wrong will go wrong at any point, no matter what device you have. But you have all these other things that are trying to be multiple types of systems, including gaming systems. Um, and and AMD is going to be a big winner throughout this whole process as well, because their stuff's winding up in more and more devices, I've noticed. Yeah, all three of the current uh, 8th gen consoles, the big ones, all have AMD chips. None of them knew. I mean, uh, the, the the Wii U came out before the other two, so everyone knew that it had a, a AMD processor in it. And then all of a sudden, the other two come out, and it's like, oh, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> well, there was almost like this, like, you betrayed me, AMD, or something. Cause <laughs> it makes you wonder if they weren't, like, built in the same factory or something. Like, <laughs> What's funny is... Uh uh, when I was getting really big into uh, technology after changing my major and all this other stuff, my fiance and I have a, a Wii at our house, and my brother ended up buying a Wii like three or some odd years ago. Yeah. And I noticed I looked on the side one day because I was just kind of looking at it, to, uh, cleaning it and stuff, and on the side, if you look on one of the corners, I'm not sure which corner, but it has the ATI badge on the side, mm-hmm. which is a company that AMD bought like six some odd oh, yeah. years ago. Which was a big graphics company that fought with uh, NVIDIA. Yeah. But now AMD owns it, and they had their products in the Wii. Yeah. So, and ever since then, AMD's been landing some big hits in the market and grabbing more and more market share. And I think this is going to really put them ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at... They're pretty much competing... You know, they have the coziest thing ever right now because they're competing against themselves. Like, they're going to win no matter what. <laughs> so... <laughs> And, 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 the, and the funny part is, as we're recording this right now, their stock, which is down about ten cents, it's at three fifty nine a share right now, as in three dollars and fifty nine cents. Now probably be the time to get it. Most likely, um, it's what I've been thinking for the last several months because I'm like, this thing's not going to drop any further. But they're they're having a hard time competing in the desktop space, but device space, they may, especially gaming, they're they they may be on their way to something interesting and all that. So so all three of them, Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, they all use AMD technology. Um, but there's also, you know, the whole competing with 
the Vita, Vita, however you Vita. Vita Home. Well, the what it is is the the, the Vita Home is a uh, is I think going to be a big uh, wild card in this whole thing because that's a new micro console, which basically like everybody was freaking out about the Ooh Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was that Kickstarter game system oh, yeah. that has really bad reviews now. Once it came <laughs> out, <laughs> well, Sony basically like could have taught that thing recently when they announced the, the their home system because what it is is it's it's a micro console but it's got the same hardware that a, a vita has in it so it's a very small thing you'll hook it up to your tv and you can get on playstation network and download digital vita games and uh, i believe it also has a cartridge slot but it it's basically i know in japan like i don't think sony was even going to release it over here and then everyone over here freaked out about it because the vita is kind of expensive for a handheld system i probably won't buy one because of how unless it drops drastically down in price even though it has a lot of games on it that i like it's like 50 to 100 dollars more expensive than the psp was at launch oh yeah it's like 250 just for the wi-fi model and I'll come right out and say i have a 3ds but that's mainly cuz i'm a big fan of certain games that are on there and I will get a Vita Home because, you know, I have, I, I'm a PlayStation, Net, a PSN Plus member, so I, I technically own a bunch of free games from them that I don't use because I don't have a Vita. But I'll be able to hook this thing up, and for 100 bucks, I'll be able to, um, you know, play those games. But the, the way they could honestly market it, and they could uh, counter, like, Chrome and some of those other, or Google and some of those other companies is you can run your Netflix, you can run your Hulu, you can you can it's basically like a Roku that also plays PlayStation Vita games. And so if you have a small child that um, you don't want to you know drop four hundred to five hundred dollars on a new game console, you could buy this and have, you know, games that are somewhere in between a PlayStation two closer to a PS three graphics quality that they've been putting out on a TV without worrying about them, like, destroying their, you know, kids treat console or handheld consoles very poorly, so you don't have to worry about that. Right, and there, and though analysts have predicted the end of game consoles, it's like predicting the end of the PC, which, you know, it's, they're wrong again. Why people say this each year, it's, I, I don't. I don't know. But. Well, I'm not. I'm not calling this person out, but one person that always constantly will say that is Michael Patchter. He uh, he I, he does a web series for Screw Attack, but his big thing is like he gets into a trend where I remember when the Wii, the the Wii, despite you know how most fans crap on it because it it garnered a lot of casual appeal, destroyed the other two consoles last generation because of that because people that don't buy game consoles were buying it, but for Michael Patchter. Oh, the Wii's doomed. It's gonna like he—he he almost made it seem like, and he—he he knows his stuff. He's a very smart guy, but he would always make it seem like it was gonna suddenly get negative sales or something. Like, oh, it's gonna fail and blah blah blah. It's like I don't see Microsoft or Sony selling double all of a sudden what they're selling currently just to beat that. And he's doing the same thing now with game consoles, despite the fact that these current two consoles broke tons of records with how many they've sold already. You know, him and some other people are still, oh no, you know, game consoles are going the way of the dodo. You know, you, people, all, everyone's going to have iPhones. Yeah, because I, I want to play Bejeweled or Candy Crush as opposed to the new Call of Duty game. Yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, me personally, I'd rather shoot some random Nazis or Russians or whatever's in the newest Call of Duty. 
Yeah. <laughs> but um, along with that, there's like like Thomas said, the uh, end of consoles and it's been equated to the end of the PC, the end of the desktop. Mm-hmm. It's the same for both of them because it's they're neither neither one of them are going to end because there's going to be a demand for people that want the the next Call of Duty, the next uh, Motorsport uh, Forza Motorsport Five, the next Gran Turismo Six, which is going to be coming out soon. Yeah, and and then you can equate it to the PC. There's always going to be businesses that need desktop computers because you need the keyboard and mouse and be able to interact with it bigger screen yeah. and do their work but then also you can carry around your tablet for like personal use and stuff like that it, it's tablets aren't going to force out desktops just like these new consoles aren't going to die because of tablets and uh, handhelds it's it's all about preference well like you know one theory that people have is that eventually it's going to revert back to the uh, the mainframe days where there's going to be like this big cloud system and you're going to have little terminals that you're carrying around that can do stuff like play games and everything. That's a nice idea and everything, but realistically, until everyone has like free internet out in rural areas and stuff, that's not happening. Like you're not going to have, you're not going to have like this giant, you know, matrix network or some ridiculous thing (laughs) that they're predicting, you know, for another, God, 50 years or something probably. I mean, watch, it'll be 10 years from now and or something, but, you know, <laughs> I honestly don't see, because, like, people in, like, you know, this this switch to digital uh, media and stuff is, is awesome, and those of us that have access to it, it's great, but, like, in third world countries and stuff like that, they're not going to be able to, or, sorry, the new term is developing countries, my bad, uh, <laughs> in developing countries, they aren't, they don't have that kind of stuff, you know, they, like, in Africa, their internet's run off of cell phones, basically. So they're not going to have this big, crazy cloud computing network that people want to happen all of a sudden. So I think desktop computers and consoles and stuff are going to be around for a while. And with all that, it's going to be a bunch of idiot idiot rivals going back and forth. And, and the funny part is, if you do enough digging, you'll notice how major figures from major companies like Sony, Nintendo, what have you, also own consoles from other companies themselves and they play them and enjoy them because they, they like playing games and and everything else so it's unless that meme turned out to be incorrect too but it, it, it's 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 getting to the point of getting ridiculous we um, we talked about in the previous in a previous prior episode about how 4chan basically was trolling Xbox one users and and this is the same crowd that got duped that into dropping their iPhones in water. Hey, enable this developer console. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to play your 360 games now. <laughs> and the consoles are bricked to the point where Microsoft employees had to come out and say, don't do this, you will render your console inoperative. Um, has anybody tried anything similar in PlayStation 4? Uh, like to oh I guarantee people are gonna do something like that I mean I don't I haven't heard like I haven't heard a news story of people being being able to hack it or anything I, Sony usually prides itself on having their systems be fairly fortress like and so far I don't think anyone has done anything with it. I don't know if you've heard you've heard anything I haven't heard anything. the only thing I've heard anything about uh, maybe breaking their systems is. Uh, on both sides, there's been a couple of cases where uh, the systems have overheated and um, mm-hmm. shut down. 
permanently because it caused hardware damage. And both Sony and Microsoft were trying to prevent stuff like that because they were, uh, my, uh, for the Xbox One specifically, they tried to implement some new uh, uh, features where it will uh, put the hardware into a lower power state where it uses less power, which will cause the gaming system not to heat as much because it's not using much power, not running as hard, and therefore will not need as much cooling power to cool it back down, which was supposed to be a last resort thing, and maybe that didn't kick in or something like that to cause the actual hardware damage. Because from what I know, the Xbox 360 and the PS3 didn't have features like that where it would yeah. uh, suck less power, and then, unfortunately, it just cause them to die. And that's why you always, like, these new systems, you don't want to put them in, like, an entertainment center or something if you can help it. Like, I have mine out on a table near the TV just to get as much air to it as I can because working retail, you'll constantly, uh, in the past, you would constantly see red ring Xboxes and stuff because they would be trapped in a small box with lights on top of it or something. And you would, you know, we'd open up that thing and it would be, like, 400 degrees in there or something. I'm surprised they didn't have fires happen. Yeah. I mean, couldn't they have? Couldn't they at least do something really simple and really stupid like Apple did with their first generation iMacs and basic uh, and basically just punch holes in the top of it to prevent them from melting? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think. I mean, they had uh, they had third party options like that intercooler system for the 360 that supposedly actually made it worse. <laughs> I was actually going to mention something <laughs> about that because I remember seeing some articles and stuff. And I actually knew a guy that I, uh, I played, uh, like, Call of Duty and stuff with, because I didn't have a 360 up until recently, and then my 360 was dead. But uh, he had one of those intercooling systems that you, like, click onto the back or whatever, and it, all it does is block your airflow. Yeah. It doesn't even give you more airflow, which is weird, because it's got, like, two or three fans on it. Yeah, it was some more air to the other fans. Basically, it was like a shrunk-down box fan that you stuck on the back of your system, and then it would just <laughs> blow air into it. And all pe- people would figure out that it would, not only would it block the airflow coming out of the system, but it would also pu- like push dust into the system and stuff. So it literally didn't do anything. Oh. <laughs> so, sort of like those CD, quote-unquote, cleaning kits with the brushes on certain tracks that scratches your lens. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, just... just Way to go, guys. Uh, just take an anesthetic wipe to your lens or, or use a cotton swab. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Uh, well, anytime a system comes out, you're going to have goof-ups like this. I know we touched on this with the, with the trolling episode, but anymore, I never buy the first-run system just because they're not going to be... Like, it's cool to be an early adopter, but nine times out of ten, you're going to be buying a second one here in a couple of years because it's going to have a disc error, you know, tray error, you know. Especially about the time when they put out the inevitable slim version is when you're probably going to want to get it. <laughs> I, I'm like, and and some of these issues are kind of manufactured online on forums just because, just to make, you know, the product look bad, too, because the person is just being a jerk. So it, it's so anytime you you see oh this this is a piece of crap and you're seeing this happen with both consoles for both these consoles in this instance you know take it have to take that with a grain of salt too and I and I've been noticing that more and more over the years was this always true with older consoles as well where first ones there would be problems and people would wait for the second 
Gen 1s to come out and not be as many problems? I'd say ever since the, the PlayStation 1, I mean, that's pretty much been the case, because anything that has all those moving parts on the inside, like the first wave of them are always going to be screwed up in some way. Then they, you know, fix them via complaints and everything. I had one of the first original PlayStations, like I was mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it for Christmas, and it was it was not the PS1, not the little slim, tiny yeah. white box. I'm talking the little... It was, it was like a brick. Oh, yeah. It was heavy, huge. It didn't get very hot because it was slotted all the way around, so there was plenty of airflow. And I never had many problems with that other than the disc. Sometimes it wouldn't read a disc. That was the only problems that I can remember ever having. The original run of those that came out in 94, um, there were overheating problems, but then they fixed it in uh, eventual mm-hmm. ones. By the time that... I didn't get a PlayStation 1 until 97 when Final Fantasy 7 came out. I had Final Fantasy 7. But the people that uh, got them in 94, a lot of those consoles were messed up. But they, you know, by that time there had been two or three relaunches of it, so a lot of those got ironed out. Well, part of the reason probably why I don't remember with that was because it was three. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and the system wasn't popular then. It was the people that would buy, like, older ones, even though, and then... All of a sudden, they would play a newer game, and it would just not work, or it would freeze up. I, th- I think the big problem with it was it would uh, overheat, and then it would it would just like lock up in the middle of you playing something like NES style, and it would especially get bad if you were saving while it did that or something. So it, it caused its fair share of problems, but it wasn't like you know Red Ring of Death or anything. It's just irritating. Like, like the only only thing I could think of possibly that would have been problematic was. The original NES, with its cartridge system, where you push the darn thing down to get it to seed it in the system, and it just and I could see that possibly breaking. But well, that's all those. That's why they eventually put out a top loader because it works so much better. Anyone that has a you know one of the old ones will know that everybody had their little trick about getting your games to work, and then people thought that you were supposed to blow into them, even though that doesn't do anything. They'd be like, oh, they had this ritual. Like, I got to blow into this, and then I put it in there and push it down. And uh, and, and part, part, part of it was kind of a placebo. Part of it actually did work because you, you did remove some dust from it temporarily. Until like, you part- rusted it with your breath. Yep. <laughs> so, 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 so nowadays, if. if if cartridge systems ever make a comeback, just just do a can of air to it. Well, they're they're still around. That's what handhelds use. I mean, the 3DS and the yeah. uh, they're basically like uh, like kind of like SD cards, Real but they're fat SD cards. They're essentially cartridges. Right. They're just way smaller. And this is how out of touch I am with the portable gaming console industry. Um, last one I owned was a DS. Actually, PSP. Actually, and I eventually got rid of it. Good old PSP. What, was that the one that kept spitting discs out in the initial run of it, or, or am I mistaken? A lot of that was a fake thing. Um, there was people that figured out on the original ones there was a way you could open it with your thumb, and so viral videos started. It was basically Nintendo fans trolling Sony fans. <laughs> so there, there was a problem with like uh, it popping open. And that that was bad because you'd be playing a game and all of a sudden you would accidentally trigger that and pop it open and you would lose I all had your that progress. My PSP, I'd like, I'd be sitting there. I I had bought Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep in like 2010 when it came out. Oh yeah, 
and that was like the second or third gen PSP, but I still would have that problem if I just tapped it the wrong way. Yeah. It would eject in the middle of the game. Ooh, make me mad. Well, in the first run, ones were spring-loaded, so oh. it would, like, if you hit it just right, it would, you know, pink. So people, someone managed to figure out a way to get a, a, a UMD disc to fly out of it <laughs> and made a video where, look at this crap, and it spread, and then people realized that, okay, that's that's impossible. <laughs> like, there's no way that would happen. But now now you have, like, different different gaming machines that are that have come out or are coming out. Some of them via crowdfunding. Some of them, you know, one of them at least because Valve on a whim decided, ah, we're tired of Windows changing the point where we're pulling our hair out. Let's let, let's expand to a platform that we have more control over <laughs> instead. And so, um, w- will there be another console vendor out there that can topple the big three at the moment? I think Steam might be fairly successful. I just hate how their controller looks, to be honest. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah, I've seen... I I opted in for the Steam hardware beta because I've been doing a lot of beta stuff for them. Uh, Unfortunately, I haven't been selected yet, but uh, they have decided to make their own Steam OS along with the controller and the Steam machine. Yeah. Uh, And I'm Pretty sure the other day on like Thursday or Friday they actually released the first beta of Steam OS. Um, but I really do not like the controller. It reminds me. I, I used to have a controller with the NES that was like an omnidirectional controller. Keep in mind the NES had up, down, left, and right. So the purpose of this controller always confused me. I guess basically in certain <laughs> games, like if you clicked in the you know the diagonal portion, it would technically be pushing both buttons. But it was impossible to use. Like you would constantly be like not pushing the right button and you couldn't you don't want to stare at the controller the whole time it reminds me of those home dance dance revolution pads half the time you'd realize man i'm messing up you'd look down and you're standing off of it basically (laughs) and because like correct me if i'm wrong but that's the whole point behind that it's got like a circle that supposedly has all the directions on it Uh, from what i remember from what i read it's um it's got two touch pads, circular touch pads, where your normal, like, on the PlayStation, your X square circle and triangle would be, and on the left side where your directional buttons would be. Both of them are touch pads, also with clicking capabilities, like like the joysticks. Okay. And then you, like, I'm not sure how to operate it sounds the controller awful. at all. It, it sounds horrible. <laughs> it might be it awesome. Sounds, it Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe Steam thought of something really intuitive valve was like, oh, this is going to be great. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't messed with the controller. That's part of the reason why I wanted to get into it was because not only would I get the chance to right. test out their stuff, but also see if this controller is even worth anything. It just reminds me of when I first tried to play Connect at a Best Buy or something. They had a like a breakout, I guess, game sort of set up. You know, that, ga- that game's kind of like Tetris, but you're breaking the little blocks at the top right. of the screen. They had a game like that, and I was like, I, at that time, I was like, oh, Connect ought to be a pretty cool idea. Then I actually played it. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like, this is awful. Because, you know, you look like a moron playing it, and also it's like, why am I jumping around playing freaking Breakout? You know? <laughs> like, this is pointless. So, I mean, hopefully it doesn't, I don't have a reaction like that. But, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm good with motion controls. So I'm not dogging it because it's motion controls. I actually right. really like the Wii. <laughs> I know the uh, new the, for the Xbox One the uh, Connect on the previous Connect it was like the resolution was horrible. 
Yeah. Compared to the new resolution on the camera. The new camera supports a full 1080p, and then I don't remember the actual angle of the uh, camera, but it, it supports a lot wider angle, and it's supposed to be, like, real high definition and very, very sensitive compared to the previous cameras. So I'm assuming they're going to bring... With that, it's going to be a lot better. I don't know. I haven't messed with it. I messed with the original Kinect, and I feel the same with you. It, it really sucked. Well, no one u- utilized it well. Like, the thing with the Wii that I think made it successful is it was the controller for the system. You had to use that unless you were playing, like, a virtual console game. What made the, the PlayStation Move and the Kinect not work was that they weren't... You didn't, they didn't force you to use it. So if I had a choice of playing, like, uh, Call of Duty the normal way, or if I had a choice of playing it with arm gestures and yelling at the controller, I would probably play it the normal way <laughs> if I had the choice. And so I think they did a good thing with bundling the Kinect with it. It just depends, with this time, it just depends on if third parties are going to deal with it. Because let's face it, third parties don't like doing weird control schemes like that, and half the time they don't utilize them well. Uh, and... Not to mention that there's now the claim that that the Xbox One Connect sensor can can see your penis because it's so sophisticated. <laughs> well, that was their their PR blunder when they like we didn't even talk about that. Like Microsoft's stupid PR press conference, the two of them that they did, where they came out and they said, you know, we're Sony might as well have just come out and said. We do the opposite that they do and just drop the mic and left at that point because they did a press conference where they came out and basically said no more used games, which pissed everyone off. They talked about TV, ga- TV and sports the entire time, no games. You know, I think there was a, a, a rough cut of every time someone said TV and it was like five minute long thing because they were making it seem like you know no one had heard of playing TV on your console before, and then they uh, they. They basically did what Nintendo did, and I think it was in 2009. Nintendo had a really unfortunate E3 conference where they played Wii Music the whole time, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Microsoft did that exact same thing with theirs, and it culminated with them going up there and you know saying that you have to have the the uh, Kinect on, and it watches you at all times. And people that don't you know like that kind of idea were like, uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want. You know, Big Brother watching me at all, you know, randomly coming on and watching me do everything. Well, unfortunately, people that really don't know any better, people that don't have that high of a sense of technology and how it works and everything, are going to automatically assume, oh, the government's spying on me through my computer camera. Yeah. Just like my my dad. I really <laughs> don't want to pick on my dad, and I don't want to call him out on this, but I went home, like, about a month ago to visit my parents for Thanksgiving and everything. And I found out that my dad had took masking tape and taped over the camera on our computer, on our all-in-one computer, because he thought people were watching him. And um, I did not want to walk up to my own dad and slap him in the face because he was <laughs> the stupidest idea ever. But honestly, it really wasn't the greatest idea. People can't really do that. It takes a lot of work to do something like that. But that stuff is the stuff is possible, and... And unfortunately, when you have, like, computers throughout school that were provided by schools, some schools have been caught spying on their students when they shouldn't have been as well. That The potential for that exists. Um, so, so, basically, it may have been for the best just to cover it up with tape in case somebody was like, Oh, ah, he left his computer vulnerable. Let's see what he's doing. It, that's actually been an underground... Um, hobby of people is 
hackers and stuff. Well, not, not even that. It's just peeping toms, basically, in cyberspace. Oh, a random webcam at this IP address. Let's watch this person. And some people would figure it out and just cover the webcam up or just unplug the camera if they can. Or, or put a password on their computer that might help. Because well. <laughs> <laughs> those cases where people were able to do that, wasn't it pretty much they had an unsecured Wi-Fi connection and people accessed it that way? Uh, in many instances, more than likely. And, and they were pretty much war driving and, oh, look, I'm going to... And that's that's why people need to learn how this stuff works to an extent, at least be able to lock their systems or do a, do it a simple way and just put a nice piece of tape over it and be done with it and then pull it off when you want to use the camera. Although... There's a lot of scaremongering out there right now, though, especially with all those NSA leaks and everything. People are, like, there's there's people that think that the NSA is doing everything. Like, they have an infinite amount of workers there that are constantly surveying everyone at all times. That's, that's I think, more where, where, what he was going for. I mean, cause that, people, that's what really what I was directing it towards. It's just people have this unrelenting fear that's usually put out by media or common media or something they say they put something out on the news like all these NSA leaks or something like that, and then automatically, they don't. People will just assume something and then stick to it, yeah, and hold on to that, and just, it turns into fear quick, very quickly. And to put it into perspective, my parents live out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, so they yeah. about fifteen minutes outside of Osceola, which is thirty minutes south of Clinton, which yeah. is the nearest Walmart. So. And the next door neighbor is about a mile away. So wireless is... <laughs> my parents don't even know what my wireless is. I mean, they have a concept of it, but they don't have it. My father, my mom still has a flip phone, so... Um, and, and a lot of that stuff, it's, there needs to be this balance in between knowing, okay, they can do this to one person. They don't have the resources to do it to everybody. They would bankrupt themselves in a hurry. Um, even their big old massive data center they were building, parts of it just practically start melting and everything else and, and overheating. So, well, it's all automated too. There's not, you know, people have this perception that like, well, I'm going to watch Joe take a shower now. <laughs> it, it's, it's more along the lines of let's archive everything and then go back over it later, which or let's it, look for red flags if someone goes online and says like. Taliban fertilizer, other you know, all in one um, sentence. Then, oh, oh, God! You know? <laughs> and, which, which the EFF doing the whole talk like a terrorist day. Um, <laughs> That's a bad idea. <laughs> Everybody's on the NSA watch lists now. <laughs> which basically shows the futility of doing that. You know, you have you have, you have a former CIA man, Robert Steele, saying. I'm a spy telling you that spying doesn't freaking work. <laughs> Knowing that they're wasting money doing this, you just need to look at patterns that Schmuck have his call in Afghanistan every week. You don't have to listen in or record entire conversations. You're wasting money, time, resources doing this. So it's it, it, it's one of those things where there needs to be a balance. Not so much people being so paranoid scared, more like a little bit irritated at the very least at, at, at people doing this, thinking, oh, we're 
protecting this country. No, you're setting everybody else up to be potentially abused by potentially abused people getting into power. You you need to co bring them in now by speaking out and everything else. But well, and I think you know we we we've sort of gone on a tangent here, but bringing it back to the the connect, you know that. They fixed that. I don't believe you have to have it on anymore. Yeah. Enough people got mad. Because basically Microsoft, that entire press conference, recanted the entire thing. Like, they pretty much, anything that was different from Sony, they changed to what Sony was doing. Which is stupid. Because I honestly think that, I mean, right now looking at sales, um, that they're currently, it, it looks like they're doing about the same. But if you think about it, the PlayStation hasn't launched in Japan yet. Uh, the PlayStation 4, they're doing a tiered launch, so it's only launched... It launched in uh, the U.S. right, like, a couple weeks before Black Friday. It launched in Europe on Black Friday, and it's launching in Japan in 2014. Once those numbers come in, uh, it's going to be insane how much different it is. So. Well, there's there's that, and then there's also the launch price for each of the consoles. For the Xbox One, $100 difference. Launch price, yeah, it's $100 <laughs> difference. For no, it's for $500 camera. for the Xbox One, and then 400 for the PS4. And people that are conscientious and say, okay, I'm going to weigh my options, what's the difference here? There's there's hardly any difference between the two. What games are available, it's, it's going to come down to price and what games you want to play. Right now, and none. The, the, <laughs> the PS4 doesn't have very many games right now. Yeah. And it's almost the same for the Xbox, but I think the Xbox has a few more games than the PS4 does. Yeah. The PS4, they had to push some of their, their big games back that were supposed to be launch titles like Watch Dogs and... Uh, oh, there was a racing game that I forgot the name of. Off the top of my head. Uh, Drive Club. Yeah. They had to push it back. I was going to say, they're, they're not releasing Gran Turismo until next year. Next year is going to be honestly the time to get either of them because, as far as I yeah. know, that's when Final Fantasy 15 is going to be coming out, and that's when you're going to you're going to have all of these the games they showed at E3 basically oh. start to come out because right now all you have are ports of current gen games, and they're they're not going to look that spectacular anyway. Well, you look at first run anything. First run PlayStation 3 games look awful. <laughs> you play like Heavenly Sword now, and it's a terrible game because you're used to how games are, you know. Almost ten years later. Oh, my. <laughs> absolutely. And this has been one of the most awesome episodes we've ever done. Um, and we better get. I this. concur. Oh yeah, we better wrap this up though because <laughs> we've gone way over. <laughs> but that's all right because um, this is this is episode number thirty-five and Christmas episode, I believe, isn't it? Oh yes. <laughs> So, happy holidays. Um, for those who don't follow any holidays, just just, just have a good time. <laughs> just get plastered or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, just just treat each other the way you want to be treated or something like that. But um, entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. Uh, go to thenextreport.com. Check us out on all our social networking sites. We're linked in the sidebar on the left. Um, add more pluses to our Google Plus page. We're actually going up. We kind of go down a little bit and then right back up. And our Facebook page is growing steadily but surely, just kind of slowly and everything else in potential reach. So, and, twit, and tweet us anytime and that sort of thing. Um, and we'll see you all next time. 
Bye.